0: but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. This is the word of the Lord from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 15.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Here it comes. Thanks, Don. I want to begin this morning's message with a Latin phrase of old. And though this phrase is found in Latin, it existed at least in idea in Jesus' day. Its roots are found in Greek philosophy. And the Latin phrase is this corruptio optimi pessima which means the corruption of the best is the worst. The corruption of the very best person is the worst thing of all. And if you're racking your brain trying to figure out where have I heard that before, if you never studied Latin, then you probably heard it on the West Wing, okay? If you're a West Wing fans, it was in that show for sure. Corruptio optimi pessima. The corruption of the best is the worst of all. When a gifted person... Or a person with great responsibility. Or a person who is thought to be good and honest is proven to be deceitful and greedy. In Jesus' day, far too many of those people were the religious leaders. And that phrase, that idea, the corruption of the best is, is the worst, doesn't really just mean when a good person makes a mistake. And it's not about someone who, who overall is, is doing good things, but, but once in a while They fall. It's much more the idea of someone who, who is on a pedestal and gives the appearance of, of living a lifestyle or following a pattern of goodness and truth and righteousness. And it's discovered that, that they're not only not living that out sometimes, but all the time. Their life is marked by greed and deceit. They They have pulled the wool over the eyes of others. They have not been living as the person that they've claimed to be inside and out, there is corruption and corruption of the best is the worst when you think about the religious leaders those who had been given so much responsibility to lead and to teach and to provide guidance for the people of israel for the the people of judah the people of jerusalem that they might follow wise teachers that they might follow those who claim to be preaching and proclaiming the word And yet their their corruption is exposed in so many ways throughout the Gospels, and it's the worst. To know that these are the leaders that the people were supposed to trust. The occasion for Jesus' teaching in John 10 is once again a struggle with the Pharisees, those leaders among the people. And this time as John 9, the chapter right before what we read, records... The occasion for the conflict happened when jesus had healed a man who had been born blind And the pharisees rather than celebrating and rejoicing In the work that god was doing in their midst once again They took to criticizing and to questioning and trying to poke holes in jesus identity and in the work that he was doing They even threw the man who had been healed out of the synagogue Because he was saying good things about jesus And so Jesus entered a dialogue with the Pharisees once again. And he said, as it's recorded near the end of John 9, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, but those who claim to see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who heard him say this asked him, What are you saying, Jesus? Are you saying that we are blind too? Jesus responded, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But because because you claim you can see, your guilt remains. In our red letter text for today in John 10, we return again to the theme of a shepherd and his sheep. As we saw a few weeks ago, it's a common theme in Jesus' teaching, what it looks like to follow a trustworthy and a faithful shepherd and how a trustworthy and a faithful shepherd acts towards the sheep. But in this particular teaching, Jesus doesn't just talk about one sheep like he did a few weeks ago, but he talks about many. But among the many sheep, at the center of what we've read and at the center of what I pray will give us hope today, is that there is only one truly good shepherd, and Jesus is his name. Having called out the spiritual blindness of the Pharisees, Jesus continued his rebuke here into chapter 10 by describing how God's people learn to recognize and follow the voice that is right and true I don't know about you but I am incredibly thankful one of the most comforting things about the Lord for me is that he is not a God of confusion there's so much around us all the time just as was true in Jesus' day That brings more confusion into our lives, not more clarity There are so many competing voices and the ones that are shouting the loudest seem to be the ones that get the most airtime We struggle to know how to navigate all the messages that are coming Towards us all the time and to know who we should listen to who we should follow how we should live Where are these paths going to end? It's difficult out there to make our way forward to know up from down But thanks be to God that Jesus Christ is not an author of confusion. The way that he has laid forward for us is one of clarity. He is the voice that is right and true. And listen, you can trust him today with all of the the other things around us that are so hard. and, And when corruption of the best is the worst, you can trust the voice of Jesus Christ. And he says beginning in verse 1, Very truly I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. But the one who enters by the gate, he is the true shepherd of the sheep. Jesus has not come to us, nor does he reveal himself to us now through some backdoor approach. He's not hiding, he's not keeping himself in the shadows. He's not trying to find a subtle way to trick us or to manipulate us. Jesus, as as the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 1, is the clearest revelation of who God is that we've ever seen. And in this age, God has revealed himself to us through his son like never before. When we doubt, when we struggle, and we all do both of those things, when we have a hard time knowing how to navigate the way forward, We need only to look to Jesus for clarity because he is the way that God has revealed himself most clearly. Just as God has revealed himself to people from one generation to the next throughout time, through his presence, through his work, and through his word, he has revealed himself most clearly to us through Jesus Christ. And Jesus said on multiple occasions to those who would follow him or would Consider following him beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and of Herod Jesus said this because most of them rather than representing the presence and the work and the word of the Lord Were only concerned with representing what was best for themselves The Pharisees the teachers of the law men like Herod Rather than entering through the gate that was right and true Instead, they chose gates like wealth and success and political power and false religion. And even worse than their choice of those things was that they convinced many people to follow them down those same paths. Paths that do not lead to life, but paths that often lead to death and to destruction. They are fruitless paths, and they're paths that tempt us still today in fact do we not just simply face the same old temptations even the ones Jesus was talking about almost 2000 years ago simply in different disguises that look more like our cultural moment the way one early Christian talked about this he said the thief is the one who comes from wherever it is possible for him to hide there's no limit to the ways that our enemy will try to deceive and try to hide and try to come in through the back door or the side door to lead us away from the path of life and to the path of destruction. But Jesus says, make no mistake. I don't come the way that the thieves and the robbers come in. But I am the one who comes through the gate and the one who enters by the gate is the true shepherd of the sheep. You know, I found in my own life one way spiritually to discern between that which is true and that which is false is to wait and see what has integrity and what is proven to be right and true when it's brought into the light. And I pray that often for myself and for my family and for our church. That God would continue to shine His light into my own heart Even into the darkest corners of my own heart to show me as david prayed if there is any offensive way in me That I need to surrender to him And I pray the same thing for my home That god would shine his light into every corner of my home that we would be a family and a home that represents christ well And you better believe as a shepherd I'm not the good shepherd, but I am an under shepherd of the good shepherd. I pray for our church on a regular basis that God would shine his light into every corner of our community of faith and continue to show us what it means to be a church that lives by integrity and walks in faithfulness to God. Jesus warned the Pharisees and others, anyone who tries to enter God's kingdom through any other gate, then God's truth is revealed in Jesus Christ, that which is right and true. Anyone who tries to enter through any other gate is simply lying to himself or lying to herself and lying to others about what God has actually said. In verse 3, Jesus says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd and the sheep listen to his voice. Unlike Western shepherds today who often drive their animals using dogs or they drive them with some sort of force, the shepherds of the ancient world, much like shepherds in the Middle East today still do, they lead their sheep by the sound of their voice. And a shepherd's, a shepherd's cadence among the Hebrew people could have been a couple of different forms, taken a couple of different forms. Sometimes it would be a strong cadence, a forceful voice that the sheep would recognize and they would follow. But there are also written records of some shepherds who would, would call their sheep using a song, They would sing a a hebrew song and the intonation the sound that the sheep would recognize that call as well the good shepherd often does both for us sometimes he calls to us in a strong tone so that we might perk up and pay attention other times he is gentle and he calls us with with something that's that's more like a song and it it draws us in But when the sheep call, the shepherd calls to those who are truly among his flock, Jesus says, the sheep learn to listen to his voice. Now, I know these days there's a negative connotation that comes with being called a sheep, right? These days, most people don't consider it a compliment if you call them a sheep. But I would say to you, it may be a negative sounding word, but not when we're following the right shepherd, When we're following the right shepherd, it is a good thing to be among the sheep because Jesus is the truly good shepherd. And look at the way he describes how he leads us. The end of verse three he calls his own sheep by name. He knows us in the most personal ways possible, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows everything we have done. He knows everything we're up to right now. And he knows everything we will do in the future. And yet, here's the most amazing thing He loves us anyway. He knows us by name. He knows us in the most personal way. He calls us by name. And He loves us still. And as He calls us by name, Jesus says He leads us out. The shepherd leads them out and this would have been of note to the first century audience because typically you find the shepherd behind the flock driving them forward, calling them and then pushing them where they need to go but Jesus changes that direction and he says the shepherd, the good shepherd goes out in front and the sheep know the sound of his voice and as he calls them out he leads them out and they follow him. So what is our role in all of this? Well, it's actually a lot easier than it seems. Our role is simply to follow the shepherd as he leads. When we learn to recognize his voice, we not only hear his voice, but we listen to it. And we do what he says. And as he walks, we walk where he walks. We walk as he walks. We follow his voice, but we also follow in his steps. And that's our role. As the sheep, our role is simply to follow the good shepherd, even amid the chaos and the noise and the many other loud voices that are competing for our attention. Verses 4 and 5. When he has brought out all of his own as he leads them, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know. His voice, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him They will run away from a stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice If you go on to youtube and don't do this right now wait till after church. Okay, but if you go on to youtube You can find several videos of modern day shepherds Where they invite people out to their fields and they have a contest To say which one of you can get the sheep to come by calling out in, in a sheep calling voice and it is hilarious to watch the ways that people try to come up with what they think would be the kind of call that would get the attention of the sheep and no matter how loud they scream no matter what they try to do those sheep could not care less when they hear a stranger's voice you watch these videos they keep their heads down they keep eating they have no interest in the sounds that they're hearing but when the true shepherd steps up and calls Every one of the sheep, they lift their heads And they're called to attention And when they know that his voice is signaling that it's time to eat It's time to come to the shepherd They come running Even today you see this Because they know the sound of his voice They don't respond to a stranger's voice But the sheep in the flock know the voice of their true shepherd And when they hear it, they raise their heads and they come to him in obedience Jesus uses the same kind of description and language that we would also remember not to follow the wrong voices and not to follow the voices of strangers and those who would not lead us to life those who would not lead us to obedience and faithfulness and and another way that we can discern who we should listen to and who we should follow does this voice sound like the voice of the good shepherd or does it not Those who know his voice follow him because they know his voice. And I love how verse 6 sort of bridges to the next part of the text. Jesus was using this figure of speech, but the Pharisees still didn't understand what he was telling them. I don't know about you, but it makes me feel better sometimes when I read the Bible and somebody doesn't understand because of how often I don't understand. But in this case, these are the guys who should have understood quickest at least that was their claim but because they still did not understand jesus explained further not only that he is the shepherd but that he is the gate and he explained further what it means to enter through the gate that leads to life if you're familiar with the gospel of john if you've studied it you know that there are several times where jesus makes an i am statement He says, I am, and and what follows is something that, that shakes the foundations of Scripture because of the way that he says it. There are eight I am statements in the Gospel of John. Two of them are found here in chapter 10. Some others, though, will sound familiar to you. In John 6, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. In John 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In John 11, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And here Jesus says, both in verse 7 and in verse 9, not only I am the shepherd, but also I am the gate. For the ancient hearers of Jesus' teaching, this likely would have had a, a very literal image. You can read in several ancient accounts of shepherds who would actually lay down in the entrance to the pen of the sheep would lay down and sleep at night in the gateway to the pen so that if a thief or a robber or as Jesus says later a predator like a wolf would come trying to harm the sheep they would have to go through the shepherd first before they could get to the flock Jesus is the gate Jesus is the one who has put himself between us and evil Who has put himself between us and danger So that we might have life And so that if anyone would want to come and take that life away They would have to go through him first To get to us. Do you see the picture? Jesus says I am the gate. I am that which stands between you and life And for all those who would enter in Jesus Opens the gate and welcomes us. That we might find safety among his people. That we might be his children and that we might come underneath, as the psalmist says, the protection of his feathers, of his wings, and find rest. Jesus said, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, those who were teaching what was false. But those who are truly the sheep, they've not listened to them. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in, and they will go out, and they will find pasture. Jesus is saying that he is the way to life. The Pharisees didn't understand what he had said at first, so he made it as clear as possible I am the way if you want to find life if you want to be saved you must enter through me and this wasn't the only time of course that Jesus talked this way even just in the gospel of John John chapter 3 where Jesus is talking to one of those religious leaders one of those learned successful shepherding kind of people who still didn't quite understand his message a man named Nicodemus And as Jesus talked to Nicodemus about what it means to be saved he said Very truly I tell you no one can see the kingdom of God unless They are born again I am the gate All who enter through me will be saved All who are born again Jesus had said will see the kingdom of God And in John 14 he used language so similar to what we read in John 10 in this case he was talking to the disciples and the disciples were were, were not understanding in, in, in this discussion Jesus you say that you're going to prepare a place for us you say that it's in your father's house you say we're supposed to know the way but how do we know the way if we don't know where you are going and Jesus made it as clear as can be for all time Jesus said to his disciples then just as he would say to us now I am the way I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Very truly I tell you, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and they will go out and they will find pasture. What does Jesus mean when he says they will find pasture? Well, what he means is when the sheep go out and they find their pasture they will receive nourishment they'll not only receive life but but they will receive nourishment he's saying to us that when we find our rest in him when we place our trust in him when we surrender ourselves to him to the truly good shepherd we too will find rest for our souls i know when things are dark around us and evil seems to be all around And things are chaotic and things are loud and they are toxic and they are polarized Sometimes the only hope we we might find is to say well someday We're going to go to heaven and it's not going to be like this anymore And the life that jesus promises us is is that It is a reminder that there will come a day When christ returns to the earth that after he has finished his work, there will be no more darkness There will be no more sin There will be no more death and we do well to look forward to that day. But he's also reminding us here that we don't just have to wait for our death or for his return to experience life. That we can experience life right here and now and the nourishment for our souls that can only come from him because the sheep not only are saved but they find pasture and they find nourishment for their souls And don't you love John ten ten Verse 10 of our text The thief comes only to Steal and to kill and destroy But I've Come that they may have life And have it To the full The, the word that's used there In the Greek text For to the full the word parason Some of your translations Will say life more abundantly or, or the literal meaning of the word is something like life and more life and more life and more life Our our young gen z folks might say extra they'll have life and they'll have life extra Our gen z staff will tell me later that I used that wrong, but that's fine <laughs> Life most extra I love the first nations version I've come that they may have life And have life that overflows with beauty and harmony. The description of the rest, the refreshment that Jesus can give us for our souls even now when we follow him. And as he brings this teaching, this red letter teaching to a close, we move to the last part of the text with the second I am statement of this chapter. I am the good shepherd. What does it look like for us to trust in the Good Shepherd? I'll use the word faith for just a moment. What does it look like for us to, to place our faith in the Good Shepherd? And to believe in our hearts, even when the corruption of the best is the worst, to believe in our hearts that what God has promised us in Jesus Christ is true. And that, that, that those promises will be fulfilled And that that we can place our faith in him because he is our truly good shepherd. What does that look like? How do we know that we can place our faith in him? Well, Jesus says it five times in the next few verses. He says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep who else besides the truly good shepherd would be willing to lay down his life for the sheep jesus says the hired hand won't do it the hired hand is not the shepherd he does not own the sheep so when he sees the predator coming the wolf coming he abandons the sheep and he runs away the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it but the hired hand runs away because he is a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. But I, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus has introduced in this teaching several threats that the sheep need to be aware of. The reality is that even though we are in the pen of the sheep, And Christ has welcomed us in as the church. The sheep pen is not a perfectly protective bubble at all times, right? We are not always safe, even within the community of faith, from the attacks of the enemy. There are attacks that can come from the outside, and sometimes there are attacks that can come from within. And so Jesus reminds us that he is the one who has set himself up as our protector As our good shepherd and our guide because sometimes even in the pen things are dangerous And he also reminds us that as he leads us out. It's dangerous out there as well We don't go outside of this place with a protective bubble around us But there are dangers and there are attacks and there are temptations and there are evils around us Wherever we go Our enemy is very real He hates the message of the gospel He hates the church And he is always looking for ways to shoot his fiery arrows at us To ruin our effectiveness But jesus says have no fear Because I am not Like a hired hand I am the good shepherd and I Lay down my life for the sheep the best defense for all of the dangers and all of the temptations and all of the attacks that are waiting for us is not to crawl into a hole and to hide. Sometimes that feels like it might be a good thing, but it's not reality. The best defense is also not stockpiling weapons or striking them before they can strike us. The best defense to the threats that surround us at all times is knowing the voice of the good shepherd. And when we know the voice of the good shepherd, the voice that is right and true, we need do nothing else but to follow him and trust that he will lead us out. He will lead the way, and as Jesus concludes, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. I call them by name. My sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I love the way St. Augustine said it. To the church he said, keep hold of this, that Christ's sheepfold is the church. And whoever would enter the sheepfold, let him enter by the door and let him preach the true Christ. Not only let him preach the true Christ, but also seek Christ's glory and not his own. For many by seeking their own glory, have scattered Christ's sheep instead of gathering them. The corruption of the best is the worst. So let the message ring out clear and true today so that there will be no mistake. Jesus Christ is the way. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. And he has proven that to us by laying down his life for the sheep. John, who wrote this gospel, who talked about Jesus as the good shepherd, later on he wrote some letters to the church. And and here he records Jesus saying, I lay down my life for the sheep. I will lay down my life for the sheep in John 10. But look what, what John says in his letter in 1 John 3. This is how we know what love is, that Jesus has done, for us what he promised he would do he laid down his life for us he has done it he has shown us without question what true love is christ has laid down his life for us and as our good shepherd the one whose voice we know the one whose voice we obey the one who leads us out that we might follow behind him step by step we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters because the good shepherd has shown us how and he has proven to us that he is the truly good shepherd because he lays down his life for the sheep. The corruption of the best is the worst of all but today I can tell you with certainty the good shepherd The gate for the sheep is truly free of all corruption. And you can trust him. He is right and true. He is the way to life. And his sheep know his voice. And his sheep listen to his voice. And his sheep follow him. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus proved once and for all That he is the one and only Good Shepherd because he laid down his life for his sheep on the cross. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me as we move into our time of invitation and response. And I want you to picture the cross. However, you picture it, I want you to picture the cross in your mind. And I want you to see the Good Shepherd. Who is right and true the gate for the sheep see jesus on the cross laying down his life for us willingly surrendering his life so that we might be saved so that we might find life as you look to jesus today as you look to the cross Would you be willing to take the step of surrender? Would you be willing to say today, I want to continue to learn to recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd and to listen to Him and to follow Him and to continue to become the person that He has created me to be for His glory and not for my own. Lord, I pray today for every heart that is here that as we have one more opportunity to sing and to worship I pray that you would lead each of us to take the next step of surrender and obedience and help us all to see how, through clarity, we can hear the voice that is right and true. Lord, all of us need to improve. All of us can follow you more closely. Would you help us, no matter where we are today, to take the next step to listen, to obey, and to follow as you lead us? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.